So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltech, and thanks as always to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge Service, and Intrepid Security. Now, my guest this week is Yella Schoonmaker. Now, Yella is the Managing Director at Rebound. Really interesting with an MSc in Technical Engineering and Management Science, Yella has held market and supply chain development roles at Lucent Technologies, Nokia, uh, and Annexter before joining Reverse Logistics Group, RLG, in 2007, initially as Sales Director and going on to become Managing Director of the RLG After Services uh, Division in 2016. Now, he's grown the company from operating basic services in 10 countries to a full aftermarket service provider in more than 100 countries globally now so uh welcome yella thanks thanks paul to have me yeah now interesting um as i do with many of my guests i uh i look on linkedin and google them and uh you've been a busy fella for a number of years and, uh, and there's some interesting stuff around you out there if you haven't googled yourself go and do it you'll either be terrified or uh very impressed but before we get going tell me a little bit about yourself and go way back when, uh, growing up, what what was it you actually wanted to do? What was the interest? What 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 got you up as a kid? Yeah, also when when I was a little kid, um, I I somehow liked businesses. So I was eleven. I was reading uh, the management magazines of the Netherlands, <laughs> but uh, driving around on business plots, I never knew if I really wanted to be in business. So when I finally needed to choose what I wanted to study, it was kind of business or was it engineering? Luckily, I had the age where actually those 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 uh, education educations were combined. So actually, I studied business engineering in Groningen, uh, really combining the 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 50% engineering with 50% business. Uh, I also really like to travel internationally. So after my studies in Groningen, I also lived in Berlin, and I studied at Copenhagen Business School. And when I uh, finished education in 2000, I still couldn't really choose. Of course, it was the booming times of telecommunication. So I moved into telecommunication. That's actually where I started working at Lucent Technologies, uh, rolling in a sales role. But in the meantime, also really being involved in the deep tech of uh, communication systems. So selling to the British telecoms of the world, big global uh, logistical and mostly uh, telecommunication networks. So that's where I started in, uh, in 2000. It actually was great, right? Because it's again a combination of business and engineering. And actually, till the current role uh, in reverse logistics, logistics is nowadays a lot of technology as well, right? There's a lot of software, but of course, it's also running a global business and, and finally doing business for our clients out there. So the big, big retailers and the big brands. So I still, still very happy with what I chose when I was a little boy. Yeah. Uh, and still combining, and definitely nowadays, right? You cannot live without technology. So happy that that combination. Uh, and, and and how did you make the the jump across? Because you know, rebound, if you like, it's been through, it's evolved as a business. But was it a were you headhunted into there? Did you come across this organization and think, okay, that looks fascinating. I'm I'm ready to move across. How did how did you make the leap? Yeah, so um, when I worked at at, at Lucent Technologies, it was a huge company, 160,000 people. Uh, telecommunication went down a bit, so I moved more from telecommunications into distribution. Of telecommunications, Annexter, still 10,000 people. I had a very nice job. I had an influence, but not, it was always a bit slow, right? So great ideas, but in such companies, and definitely as a younger person, you, you, you won't have a huge influence. So I was in my early 30s. I thought, let's let's go work for a startup. 
and funnily enough and luckily enough, I found Cyclone at that time. That was the former name of the company. Just a startup and early 30s, I said, just do it. Uh, I'm, I'm positively critical, I would say. So I see things which can be better. I call them out, but I also come with solutions and ideas how to fix it. And actually, that's also how I grew into the company by being positively critical. And if I, if I see things which need to improve, give it to me, I'll work on it. I build a team around it. And that's how you grow in a company in a way, right? Based on, based on good plans. Um, so like I said, I, I just wanted to have a, an environment where I could have an impact. And yeah, see, see where we're now. Apparently I, I had an impact. I was going to say, and, and you've gone from, uh, you know, having a, a slow impact on a uh, on an oil tanker that takes months to move to uh, to, to a much more dynamic business. So, uh, yeah, I guess mission accomplished there. So for those that don't know, tell me a little bit about the company, its structure, what you would describe as its offering. Yeah. So I, as Rebound, I would say we manage returns. So we typically go to brands and retailers where say, okay, you are a manufacturer, you do marketing, you do fulfillment of product and you deliver to consumers. Anything without a return, we, we manage for those kind of clients. So whether it's a commercial return, you buy some online, you don't like it, you wanna return it, we can handle that. If you buy online, you return it to a store and then the store needs to be uh, replenished or needs to get rid of the units in the store, we can also manage it. This is like more commercial returns, it's still a good product. But also a product can break down, right? It needs to have a repair. It needs to have another surface. That's also what we manage. So that's what we call service returns. And then more and more, of course, it's becoming more important what you do with a product end of life or maybe end of use, right? It's a perfect product, but maybe not for you as a consumer, but maybe for the next consumer. So I typically call that end of first use. That's also what we manage. Uh, we do it in 180 countries. We build all the consumer portals. We build retail portals. We do integrate with applications like SAP or Salesforce where we're needed. We have around 300 carrier solutions, which can be a drop-off, which can be a parcel pickup, or it can be picking up a pallet or a whole truck. We run 50 return centers. So all those units from all those consumers and businesses go to one of our 50 facilities, where based on data, we do something with it. Sometimes we just register the unit. Sometimes we repack it, we retake it, we put it on stock again. Uh, so in many cases, it's data-driven. Uh, so from that perspective, we run reverse logistics, but in the back, we actually are just a tech company. And we do this ourselves, but we, of course, also do it with many partners out there. So we really have a big ecosystem of partners around us in that, uh, that, that reverse logistics space. So um, we are Rebound. We're part of Reconomy Group. So where we focus more on product returns, where still the product is really a valuable unit. Our other sister companies and divisions within the group are more focused on recycling. So there we really pick up lots of waste. We, we, we report it. We uh, uh, have recycling facilities ourselves. So that's one of the divisions. Another division, so in total we have three divisions. Another division is called comply. So there's more and more laws that if you put product into the market, you must take it out. That typically was applicable for uh, uh, fashion, uh, sorry, for, for packaging, for electronics but also now more countries and actually in the US states now also come with laws that if you put uh, textiles, fashion apparel into the market, you also must take it out. So this is really dealt with mostly by our uh, comply division. And actually in the old days, you really saw it was separate kind of businesses, separate kind of entities, but also in the industry. But you now really see definitely from a retail perspective, also brand perspective, that there's a need for an integrated proposition there. So again, if it's a commercial return, whether it's maybe you're rebuilding your house, 
and you have bricks which need to be picked up. You, maybe you need to you have a skip. Also, those kind of things we actually nowadays manage. It's interesting. It reminds me from my days uh, running stores um, through to the early days of e-commerce, where there was no returns strategy at all, and it was just product used to come back in and just sort of pile up in the corner of a, a store and then or in a corner and every now and again the stores would send it back to the distribution center who would also just stare at it with little idea uh, of what to do with it and uh, and was sold at that point so it's interesting to hear you talking about all of the different aspects because these became completely unmanageable and they're not really what retailers core proposition is and I guess it's you you're the technology company that, that now comes in so is, is there is there anybody that still handles the returns internally or do you feel every retailer now has to engage with somebody like yourselves to to manage this efficiently okay it, it, it depends a bit so the the full solution i typically can be built out of different sub sub solutions if you like uh, so I think that nobody in the street does everything by him or herself as a retailer or brand. So in a way, there's always a bit of outsourcing, whether it's logistics or IT or maybe consulting. So I think so everybody's using somebody else in the industry. I would say com some companies have the strategy outsource everything. Others say we partly outsource activities. But I would say nobody in the, street, in the industry is doing it purely by themselves. Yeah. So one, one question I've got for you, and we've seen this within the UK at one point, you know, it was almost as if retailers from an e-commerce perspective were happy to send you product, 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 and it was free returns. Um, but those free returns seem to have, some of the big players are now charging consumers to return. Do you think those free returns are gonna finish? Is it the end? Is everybody going to, to follow suit? Do you think, what was your take on it? You probably got more of an insight than many. So I, I would say it, it, it's finally depending a bit, right? So if you buy a, a, a shirt for hundred pounds, hundred dollars, whatever kind of value you buy for 100 uh, and you have a free return, let's say then your unit is hundred, right? So maybe you can buy it for somewhere else for 97 or 95, but you need to pay for the return. So finally as a consumer, you pay left or right. Yeah. Or there's no future for that specific retailer or brand. So I think so there will, it will be more hybrid models. Uh, so I think so maybe a full priced unit you get a return free of charge. Maybe in the discount uh, season, you maybe get a 10% discount on the product. And if you then want to return it, you need to pay a bit of money. Some people for some brands will ask for full uh, payment of, of the return. Others say we do it 50-50. So I think so it will be, there will not be one rule. I think so traditionally, you'll see more consumers paying for the return in a way. Uh, but I think that it mostly will be in in in, in close of seasons with, with, with big big discounts being given. And that's also logic that then as a brand you ask a bit of money, right? Because you gave a lot of money away to ask a bit back. I think so that's uh, that's in a way fine. Um, so the pure field returns like we had for many years, I, I see that disappearing a little. For every type of business. The power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. 3X Logic. From a consumer perspective, um, I, I sometimes make choices based on that particular retailer's offering. Yeah, you know, I, I personally like a retailer where you can order online and return in store. Um, 
and, and I always think that's got to be great for the retailer because they have an opportunity to sell me something else. And so if, if I'm being forced to pay to return it, I might actually choose to go elsewhere. But do you think there's, I mean, you alluded to the fact that it might change throughout the year, depending on the pricing. Yeah. Is there other more creative solutions that you're seeing, you're offering that you see retailers bringing down the line on the, on the returns front, or is it, is it that black and white? No, so maybe maybe to, to connect immediately to the to the, the thing you 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 said here. So what we do see with retailers who operate stores, but also have free returns or potentially paid returns going uh, five, for example, uh, drop of locations like postal offices. If these retailers charge money for for the return, actually you see uh, more consumers going back to the store because they don't want to pay two, three euro pound uh, US dollar for for a return. They then just go to the store. So actually. Quite some stores have now more consumers returning stuff into the store because the consumer doesn't want to pay for uh, uh, the return himself going to a post office, for example. Um, so that, that, that's just one side note. Um, so what you do see, we see it slowly, but there's a couple, a couple of companies we we'll go a bit into lease models. So uh, on running is one as an example where uh, you can have a kind of subscription to shoes. So you get shoes. Okay. After a year, you can return them, and it's kind of a circular model for, for, for shoes. At the one end, of course, to in a way help their consumers, but at the end, also to really have a connection with the consumers and, and have a lifetime uh, consumer, actually. So that would be innovative ideas. What we also see more and more, that, that, that more and more uh, brands care about older product. So if you buy new products, actually, you can go to the store or you can go online and return old product. To really take care, there's more circularity, and in a way, also having a, a tighter connection with a, with a consumer. Obviously, Patagonia is one of the big brands in the market out there, who's, who's very well known for that, and really caring about the environment, but also caring about the, the lifetime of products. So uh, th th that kind of things is what we what we do see. Um, yeah, maybe one thing. So what what we nowadays see in the market, of course, is a pretty tough market because of economical circumstances. But we also just came out of COVID. Uh, uh, still, supply chains are not perfect. So there was a huge supply of product into the market. Warehouses are full. And then all the returns came on top of it. So quite some retailers, brands are struggling in the moment. Uh, I think so they're, they're getting out of it in the moment a little. But still, returns is a big issue, especially if you have uh, your example, right, of, of running retail stores. Let's say... Handling products or moving products is not, it's not cheap, right? You need to pay money for it. But actually the, bigger, the biggest cost of all those units is actually the discount or let's say the depreciation of products. So that's always why we say to clients, of course, look at the logistical cost, but try to look at the total cost of ownership of, of your full returns operation. Because your biggest costs are in complaining clients, not retaining clients, depreciation of products. So look at, look at it from a holistic perspective. From a returns management perspective, but also look, look holistically at the total cost that you are spending on returns. It's not just it's not just the, the parcel shipment. Yeah, it's uh, it has the potential to make a huge dent, doesn't it, in the uh, in the bottom line for sure. Now, a question. I think I've heard you uh, say you don't think it needs to be as tough, but um, yeah, I've personally had some challenges returning cross border, uh, and, and but I think I've heard you know you have a, the opinion that it doesn't need to be that tough for consumers to 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 return cross-border so is that a technology solution or a process that that you're talking about there 
combination of the two. So indeed, if, if you want to move items cross-border, and whether it's between the UK and Europe or between Europe and Asia or Asia and the US, data is key. Because customs, authorities or providers, they need to have data. So really, really take care that the right product and the consumer data is readily available to be reported physically, maybe to be reported via systems. Because if you don't have that, it will be a hassle on borders. You will have a hassle with customs. If you're very un unlucky, actually, the consumer needs to pay a lot of additional money for customs, which they didn't expect when, when buying the product or maybe returning the product. So it's all about data and it's all about having the right data visibility at the right step in the process. So whether it would be in a warehouse, whether it would be with a truck driver or whether it would be the customs, uh, data, uh, data availability and, and visibility is extremely important. Yeah, and this is true. And, and then, you know, in terms of the market overall, you know, when you look at the returns market, do you feel as if it's going to get more complex? Do you feel as if most retailers have got a handle on it now? You know, are your phone's ringing off the hook and there's more and more inquiries coming in. What's, what's your sort of feel for the market at the moment? I would say it, uh, every market, which is becoming a bit simpler, in a way, immediately afterwards becomes more complex, right? Now, uh, we can talk a long time about the Brexit, but nowadays, let's say, the, 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 especially nowadays, the, the profitability of retailers is under pressure. So they need to come with new ideas and most likely more complex ideas to, let's say, be more profitable, right? And in this case, have less, have less depreciation on returned items. Or maybe don't sell product into the market where you know the return rate is very high because competition between brands and retailers is increasing. So the profit margin is lower. So within that profit margin that you have, you need to be more innovative. Um, and just the older solutions don't work anymore. What we still see a lot, for example, a Turkish company selling in the US, the US consumer not liking the product or for whatever reason, not fitting the product and then shipping the product back from the US to Turkey. It doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. The margin on product, especially in fast fashion is so slim that those companies cannot afford that. So for those kind of things, you need to reinvent new solutions. So why not keeping that return in this case in the US, putting it on stock and the next US consumer who may want that product, use the returned item as a next level stock to send to the next consumer. So these kind of innovations now really are needed to let's say within that slim profit that, that retailers have act and in a way still stay profitable as a retailer. And, and in terms of your offering as a, as a business, do you focus on any particular area of retail? Is there a sort of sweet spot in terms of size or, you know, do you have a whole raft of organizations? Is it across the board? So generally our key focus is on international players, uh, ideally five till, 180 countries, for example. So the more countries, the better in a way. So we personally focus a bit more on the bigger uh, on the bigger accounts. They also typically live in a bit more complex world because of selling multiple products into multiple countries to multiple kind of uh, clients. So that's our that's the, the key where we want to be delivering money. Um, it depends a bit, right? So very expensive product like 2000 3000 euro it's always very difficult to pounds it's very difficult to really return in the right in the right manner uh, unfortunately there are still people who like those products right not the official owner but somebody else if you understand me correctly yes. 
So you would need to be very careful and you need to uh, apply specific logistics modes there. But typically volumes are relatively low and small there. In, in, in logistics, two-man handling, a three-person couch, uh, a, a huge fridge that, that, that is also difficult products to handle. We focus a bit more on everything which fits into a bigger box, if you like, in the bigger carton. That's the core market we focus on. Cool. So anybody listening that uh, that's thinking, okay, we've got some uh, some flaws or some gaps in our return process or structure, or they're losing in certain areas, then they should be looking you up on LinkedIn or sending a message to say, hey, talk to me a little bit more. Or do the rebound.com, reboundreturns.com. And, and finally, um, and I don't know whether you sort of, uh, where you sit with confidentiality, if you like, but in terms of a flavor of who you work with to sort of send us on our way, are you able to share any of the sort of other types of retailers or some specific names that uh, that will allow you to, to, to name check them? The biggest British online retailers? The biggest electronics company from the US? I cannot call names. No. It gives at least a bit of an idea, I guess. Uh, that, that's always fascinating. Um, I think... Uh, uh, we probably don't need to run a sweepstake to uh, to guess who those are. So, uh, yeah, very impressive indeed. Um, Yale, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. It is a huge, complex subject that I know crops up on retail risk agendas around the world. So thank you for sharing your perspective on it. And for now, uh, have a good rest of day. Thanks, Paul.